What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horde, and this is This Is Pro Wrestling, the podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest sport of all time, professional wrestling. And as always, I am joined by Hey, It's Will. Daily. It is new glasses. Hey, Hey, It's Will. That's not true. That's not true. It's, it's Hey, It's Will. It's Will, it, Will from online or something like that. Will from <laughs> yeah. the internet. Oh, yeah. Listen, I made some social media shifts this week. I don't want to alarm anybody, but I just I, I I made dedicated accounts for all my business stuff, SEO, marketing, and now my personal accounts can go back to being all about uh, pro wrestling and political opinions. Just kidding. Uh, just uh, pro wrestling. Well, just not, not just kidding, because he still he has a shadow <laughs> account called Disco Fuzz. <laughs> shadow. You did not tell me about for a good reason. Well, I followed I followed you on it against my better judgment, and then you followed me back, and I said, "Oh well, I guess hopefully." I followed you back in the interest of our president's call for national unity. (laughs) (laughs) You mean our former president? No, our no, no, no. Joe Biden did it. He called for national unity. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, that that is that does sound more on brand for our current president. Yeah, unity. Really, really. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, let's you look see. Good in those glasses. You look good in them glasses, bro. I look good in any glasses, man. Okay, okay. I feel you. Well, I feel you. Not lacking confidence either. So <laughs> do like that. <laughs> Who well, else we got with us? Oh man, up in the chat room, I'm already seeing like Woodland Goblin, Ryan Romano's out there. We got Roxas 79. Uh, we got Jedi Warrior, Dave Scooby's in the house. Thank you everybody for hanging out with us. We're just talking about wrestling news. We're starting late, so. You know, it's a wonder that uh, Brian Rosa's not here because he would have figured. But uh, it's night. they got they got Dog Pound Dojo tonight, man. Oh, you're right, dude. They got Dog Pound Dojo. Well, we're glad to see everybody that is here. We got plenty of news to talk about. We got previews for AEW Dynamite tonight. We got previews for NXT. We got plenty of wrestling news that we could go through. Will hates it when you say wrestling. Yeah, Sorry, say I, didn't, I didn't realize that. You're already talking about it in the chat. I can see plenty of stuff there. But let's go ahead and jump in right here to first, we'll talk about MLW because that's coming up in like 20 minutes. So if you're going to ditch us for that at 7 p.m., first of all, screw you. But no, not really. <laughs> um, we're, we're happy to see. Rob, did you just – Pull up ranch dressing for no good reason. <laughs> you just don't don't let us bother you, brother. Oh man, hey, I'm having to I'm having to multitask, man. I just I just walked in the door literally like ten minutes ago, man. Busy mm. man, he's a busy man. He yeah. is. We Very moved it back to six thirty, which means we got to start at about six forty. So this is great. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're wondering, coming up at seven p.m. is MLW and. Uh, Let's see here. They've got tonight Jacob Fatu versus ACH for the MLW World Championship. That's happening tonight. Also, Simon Gotch for Jordan. What did you just say, Will? I mean, uh, Gary, what did you just say? I just said Jacob Fatu for the AC uh, versus ACH for the MLW World Championship. Uh, there it is. There it Triggered. is. You better watch your mouth. <laughs> He's just looking for a fight tonight, man. Oh, man. All right. Well, sorry. <laughs> Eat your ranch uh, dressing. It's not a world championship. Uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, Jacob Fatu and ACH are fighting for a championship on MLW. Some, yeah, some, fo- some form of 
probably a giant championship belt. But yeah. Yeah, and Simon Gotch is taking on Jordan Oliver in a grudge match. New Contra member Sean Davari is debuting, taking on Zinshi. And Tom Lawler will address the team filthy attacks on ACH. I was uh, reading through the Observer, and uh, according to Meltzer, who we all know and love, Meltzer says MLW is going with the idea of launching a second weekly show, which right now would be called MLW Rebellion. They're talking with both English and Spanish language stations and streaming services. L.A. Park and El Hijo de L.A. Park beat Ross and Marshall Von Eric to win the tag team titles. If you guys missed that last Wednesday, um, I don't know why I just said that. He put that randomly in the middle of this conversation. And then he said they're building on the idea of, com- of a combination MLW slash Lucha Underground major show, even though Lucha Ground do- Underground doesn't exist. The idea is that Selena De La Renta's Promociones Dorado is being financially backed by Azteca Underground Inc. So if you've been watching the show, somebody announced that her company had been purchased, but they didn't know by who. Supposedly, this is the idea they're rolling with right now. Azteca Underground, which has purchased controlling interests. Some Lucha Underground characters will be used as part of De La Renta's stable with the first being Mil Muertes, who debuted and squashed Brian Pillman Jr. this past week. And Brian Pillman's probably leaving since he's doing a lot of stuff with AEW. Uh, most of the other talent that you see pushed on AEW, according to or MLW, according to Meltzer, has signed new three- to five-year deals, every single one of them. Uh, Alex Hammerstone and Richard Holiday uh, had, had an opening for – Pro wrestling Noah, but they're not going to be able to go to go due to the pandemic. This is all like extra MLW news, I guess. Little news points that Dave Meltzer's throwing in there. He also said uh, Leo Rush has moved to LA to work on a rap career, and uh, you know he's also the middleweight champion. But he beat Myron Reed for it, who is also working on an LP with Leo Rush right now, and uh, they're also rap working battles, with Wale apparently. Yep. It's featuring it's featuring uh, Lil Wayne, I think. It might be. It freshly, might be. Part, freshly pardoned Little Wayne. <laughs> Speaking of Leo Rush, if you happen to be a huge Leo Rush fan, he's also making his debut on January 29th on Pro or I'm sorry, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong. So there he is. NJPW Strong. He's gonna be uh teaming with Fred Rosser and uh well, who is it? Oh, TJP. Sorry, I had to look at the picture. And uh, they're taking on Kita, El Fantasmo, and Hikuleo. So there you go. That's coming up on the 29th. So there's your MLW update, courtesy of your friends at This Is Professional Wrestling. This is professional. Yeah, this is professional that. wrestling. That's like what that's like what uh, the champ says. My game, y'all. That's like what the champ says to us when he's mad at us. You know, like a, Robert Daniel Stinson, look, this is professional wrestling. <laughs> oh boy. Quit leaking those stories. <laughs> What's right. next, Gary? Well, what is next? That's a good that's a good question. You know what I didn't get to do that I always like to do? I'm glad you asked what's next, Will, because I got plenty more news where that came from. (laughs) Maybe that's why I was off my game. Maybe that's why I felt weird. 
Uh, Rob, did you get a chance to check out Hard to Kill? Nah, man. I hadn't got a chance to look at it, but I, but I, I read articles about it. I've read, uh, I know what happened, but I haven't got to actually sit down and watch it. I also got to listen to a really exceptional um, report on Raw that you can find on our channel. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is professional yeah. wrestling. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you guys aren't aware, you can listen to The Fast Count with Gary Horde and uh, I run through Raw. I did it in like 12 minutes this time, and... Trust me, if you haven't seen Raw, that is the best way to consume it. So <laughs> that is, uh, I had it on while I worked. And that's, yeah, that's all I can say for that show. I can't wait till it's like three and a half minutes. Like you keep <laughs> condensing it until eventually you're just like, uh, nothing happened. Drew McIntyre was there. Uh, for the fast guy. <laughs> Well, Rob, you might be happy. I mean, Randy Orton had his face burned off, and so now he's wearing a mask that looks like Dick Byers the Destroyer. I said that. That was a shout-out to you, really, that I even mentioned that. And uh, he, uh, so he's there. Alexa Bliss turned into The Fiend. Can, can I make a request from WWE? I know you're listening, WWE. Can we work on outlawing magic in matches? <laughs> I don't think that that's legal, and it's not a steel chair, but... It appears to be working, and Alexa Bliss defeated the women's champion, Asuka, uh, by turning into, we think, Sister Abigail and uh, just becoming unstoppable, and so that's just too bad for Asuka. Hmm. But now Alexa Bliss has entered the Royal Rumble for the women because she beat the, the champion, but now she has to enter the Rumble to get a shot at the champion. It's, it is what it sounds like, and... I'm happy that wrestling exists. Let's move on. Uh, let's jump over to Impact Wrestling, where I was originally going to go for before I, I got off my groove there. Uh, if you haven't heard the news of, with a follow-up on Impact, we have confirmed, and then as of Hard to Kill, we've got two losses in the Impact Women's Division. Taya Valkyrie has left the company. She's just leaving the company. I just don't think she re-signed a contract. Uh, she... PW Insider first reported the news Tuesday after she was written off the show as she revealed she was the one who shot Johnny Bravo in a storyline that started last year. <laughs> she was taken into custody and admitted she shot him to prevent her friend Rosemary from marrying Bravo. Uh, apparently her contract expired in December, but she stayed on to help finish up the storyline and to give Knockouts champion Deanna Parazzo a win at last on Saturday's Hard to Kill show. Uh, she was in the final year of a multi-year contract. Well, thank you, Taya, for your service. And uh, I'm sure we'll see her pop up somewhere else. Madison Rain also announced her retirement at Heart to Kill. Uh, she is actually just retiring. She is done with the business. She's got her uh, degree, I believe, and she is moving on to civilian life, as Rob would call it. So mm. Taya Valkyrie and Madison Rain are both moving on from impact. I gotta say Madison rain is, is we don't give Madison rain enough credit. She really is. She belongs in that same conversation with, uh, with, uh, you know, a gosh, man. I mean the greats, man. She, she, uh, with a Mickey James, she belongs up there. She's so influential. She's been around for a long time. She's done everything the beautiful people that she uh, uh, organization that she was part of the little faction, I think was one of the best 
factions in the history of women's wrestling. She's always been an athlete. Uh, she was never just eye candy. She was never just prettied around her, although she's, you know, I mean, she, not to say she's not easy on the eyes, but Madison Rain is one that deserves consideration for Hall of Fame status. Um, I mean, she she's one of the greats, and uh, she will be missed in the business, and and uh, best wishes on a, on a well-deserved retirement. Absolutely agree. Uh, but in other news involving Impact, we trade those two ladies out, and we've got a uh, – I left, I've left the goodbye Impact thing here. I was almost professional. But <laughs> ODB recently spoke with Chris Van Vliet and confirmed she is returning to the ring with Impact Wrestling here in the near future. She says, I'm actually getting back in the ring. So Impact called me, and that's the cool thing about this stuff. I've never burnt a bridge in wrestling We've all had our bad moments, whatever you want when you go tell someone to go F themselves. But Impact's always been awesome. TNA was my home, and they buzzed me, and every time I'm like, uh, okay, here we go. But they were like, hey, do you want to come back and see what happens and possibly bring the food truck? So that's my ultimate goal, to actually drive ODB's meet and greet into the stadium and kick some ass. Uh yeah, so uh, she didn't say exactly when this is going to happen, but she does say she's looking forward to coming home. And she name-dropped a few people. She said, I see that Jazz is over there, and nobody's ever seen me and Jazz go at it on TV. Jordan Grace is another good one. And Taya, well, she's wrong about that one. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so ODB apparently is coming back to Impact Pro Wrestling. All right, and then uh, if you guys didn't see Impact, I mean, the big news probably – oh, Rob, do you have something? I was just going to mention ODB is a uh, NWA alumnus. Uh, oh, yeah, he's true. Power multiple times, had uh, wrestled, uh, I believe, uh, Sienna, uh, uh, Allison Kay, and, um, uh, you know, she came in and, and she was un- it was an unexpected appearance along the lines of, like, Scott Steiner's appearance there. So anytime you hear ODB news, that's NWA uh, uh, relevant. That's a good point, Rob. I do appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, so then uh, if you missed Impact on Tuesday, the best way I could find is if you're not an Impl- Impact Plus subscriber, is you can catch clips on YouTube and basically see what happened. Uh, Private Party showed up out of nowhere on Impact this week as, uh, well, as Chris Saban challenged the Good Brothers, and they said, you don't have a partner, and then he said he brought out the best partner, an excellent tag team wrestler, and James Storm came out. So then James Storm joined Chris Saban to take on the Good Brothers, but the Good Brothers said they weren't fit in the titles yet, so there had to be a number one contenders match. And so James Storm and Chris Saban took on Private Party uh, when Private Party with Matt Hardy just magically appeared on Impact. Also at ringside during this match was Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn. And Tony Khan was taking notes in his little captain's log notebook. <laughs> and uh, Private Party did end up winning this match. And uh, they won the number one contendership. And they will be going on to face the Good Brothers for the Impact Championship. Uh, so Private Party, by the way, that meant they were on two shows in one night. So they're pulling that thing. This has just become a common thing, I guess. Uh, Private Party Steve. were on Dark on Impact. Yeah. The old Rick Rude. Uh, so anyway, that is that. While I was perusing the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter, 
I did see some other stuff that I thought was interesting. I think I cannot remember if we remember to mention this, so it is worth mentioning. Local Memphis wrestling returns to television soon. Uh, the CW uh, affiliate WLMT will begin airing championship wrestling from Memphis in a noon Saturday time slot. Dave Marquez and uh, Dustin and Maria Starr are all behind this, and it will feature Memphis legends, they're saying, and younger area talent. The first TV taping is going to take place on February 14th at the top of the line hall in Memphis at 2 p.m. So Memphis wrestling's coming back. Feel it felt appropriate. We're talking, about, we're talking about Jerry Lawler territory right now, man. That's what I'm saying. So uh, very interesting stuff. All right. What else do we have in the news? Uh, did you uh, see the I, I, I didn't see it in our in our notes. Uh, did you see the article about uh, the seven episodes being discussed so far for um, for um, the dark side of the ring? Bro, it is so weird you said that because literally my next news item that I was going to bring up uh, was. Okay. Uh, was that, uh, and, and you may know more than me because I actually only caught one of them, but it involved this guy right here. And uh, it was, uh, according to the Observer, it appears that there will be a Dark Side of the Ring episode on Johnny K9 slash Bruiser Bedlam. Meltzer uh, mm -hmm. writes, a former wrestler who was involved in tons of mob activities, including being accused of murder. He was a pro wrestler who worked for years as an enhancement guy for WWF and was pushed as a top star for Jim Cornette in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Former wrestler Mike Mickey Doyle reported this. It makes sense because they love Cornette, and Cornette can tell all kinds of stories. It could be another New Jack-style episode, which was one of the most popular episodes they did. Uh, he writes here, in other Dark Side news, Steve Austin did an interview with Jamil Hill where he noted that the Brian Pillman episode, which from all accounts is said to be great, will feature him and be the first episode of season three. Rob, is that the stuff you've heard as well? Yeah, same thing. I was going to mention the Brian Pillman uh, bit was what I caught uh, and the one that you just mentioned. So um, more information about that is supposed to be forthcoming here in the next couple of weeks, but looks like it's shaping up to be a good season. Yeah, it does. Um and uh, other interesting news I saw, I, I watched this after Dark, if you haven't seen, uh, this is like Dark from two weeks ago, there was a wrestler on there named El Cuervo de Puerto Rico, and uh, he was a really, really talented guy, and uh, I thought I had a picture of him here that I could show you, but I guess I don't, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't bring it over, oh, here you go, hold on, I got it. I got it. I'm bringing it on. Sorry, podcast. Boom. This guy, Acuervo de Puerto Rico. That guy. Uh, Lucha Libre Online interviewed him, uh, and they talked about his match with Angel, or I'm sorry, it would probably be Angel O Dominio, where he was hit by a thrown brick in the back of his head, and he nearly died. He said he believes the whole thing was a setup, saying it was never booked for the match and thinks it was done by jealous people because he was doing well. He credited L.A. Park for getting an ambulance called immediately when those running the show were slow and weren't even checking on him. He also said he was told by his doctor never to watch the video, but he did anyway, and it sent him into a deep depression. Um, I only mention all this because he was on AEW Dark, and Excalibur expounded on this a little bit, uh, saying that he was just coming back from a 
like life threatening, much less a career threatening injury. And uh, I went down the rabbit hole of looking this guy up, and apparently he was like a top star in uh, the Indies, like early coming up in in Puerto Rico and like just in the independent scene and Latin America stuff. And uh, anyway, yeah, he has a hardcore match with this guy and. Uh, Dave Meltzer says a brick, but I watched it is a freaking cinder block and he is outside the ring. And this guy just picks up a cinder block and throws it at his head and it just smashes on his head and he just does not get back up. And I don't know what the hell was going on there, but it was pretty messed up. Anyway, it's on YouTube. Uh, if you look up, uh, and hell versus, uh, El Cuervo, you'll find it. Anyway. All right. Well, just Ooh. saying. That's rough, man. They, like, so it was the guy that he was actually in the match with. Yeah, it was the guy one. he was in the match with. Yeah, it was uh, pretty, Sheesh. pretty nasty. It was. Uh, so I they don't figure out what happened, or is it all just like conspiracy theory at this point? Well, like, the guy said apparently at the time when I was like researching it, they, Angel, the guy he was fighting, um, said that it was because he thought his chair shots were too stiff. Uh, so he was pissed off about that. So he threw a cinder block at his going to kill him. Yeah. yeah but uh, anyway, but that's uh, that's about all I know about it as far as wow. legit news on that. But anyway, he's on a dark. He's just been on there once. Is he going to be? Is he going to be back, or is he uh, kind of still rehabbing? I wish I knew, but they should bring him back. But he he looked good. I mean, so he looked like he was perfectly capable of going now, and uh, so. Hopefully we'll we'll see more out of him as uh, time goes on here. All right, and the uh, last thing I had on the observer, just because I thought we were going to have like two hours to kill and plenty of news time to talk about things, uh, was that uh, The Rock and his ex-wife Danny here. They uh, you know they own the XFL. They have like an entertainment company and like all other kinds of stuff. Well, they're also launching a new inner drink in March called Zoa. I just thought Will might be interested in that because I know you like your five-hour energies and The Rock is going to launch a new energy drink. And I'm talking about you. Like, I don't buy Terramana just because it's The Rock's tequila. So, <laughs> anyway, just a just an extra news item for all of you. I mean, you know, what else can they do at this point? Why not try it? <laughs> uh, Meltzer did make some notes on ROH as well. He said that the appears there's going to be a major program coming up soon. That's going to be a feud between the foundation and uh, what is that other name? It's like La uh, La Fasion Ingobernables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham, Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams, and Rhett Titus. And the other group is like Dragon Lee, Kenny King, and Del Ring, and Roosh. Yeah, the yep. uh, champion. Roosh and is Dragon the Lee, TV champion. What's that? I said Roosh is the leader of that faction. That is correct. Oh. Yes. Fasion. Uh, they just call it Fasion for short. But yeah, that's cool. Uh, it is Dragon Lee and Ray Horace. If you have not watched wrestling this week, I'll tell you what. Here's, here's my suggestion. Anybody listening is. If you want to see something on Monday Night Raw, there is a match between AJ Styles and Ricochet that is pretty sweet. It is a really good match, even though you know they don't give a damn about Ricochet. Uh, AJ Styles at least takes enough pride at his craft, and Ricochet does, that they have a pretty damn fine match. 
And uh, it has the best finisher uh, I've ever seen involving the Styles Clash. Like, I think it's it's awesome. But uh, so that match is really great. But I say that because it reminded me, I was reminded of that when I thought of, if you haven't seen Ring of Honor this week on Tuesday's episode, Dragon Lee defends the TV championship against Ray Horace, I believe. And that match is also freaking phenomenal. It is outstanding. There's a Flip Gordon and Rhett Titus match right before that, which is also great. But this match was just, it, it blew me away. So anyway, I thought I'd mention those things. Uh, our other ROH news is Dalton Castle still hasn't re-signed, but supposedly they're they're talking. So, am I talking too much, guys? How you guys been? Doing okay? I'm just enjoying it, man. I, I haven't um, I told you guys this before, but uh, we've had the sickness going around our household this week, starting with my toddler, and uh, so it's been fun. I haven't uh, haven't watched much wrestling this week since Saturday night when we watched Hard to Kill, which was a lot of fun. So. Uh, I'm just enjoying catching up on all the news with this is Gary Horn. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, Joe, thanks for watching on uh, Facebook while watching MLW. We appreciate you being here, however you found us. Uh, let's see here. Um, so we'll jump into some AEW news real quick. If you'd like, we'll go there first before we hit the WWE. If you haven't done so already, you can still go vote. Uh, for the AEW Dynamite Awards show. It's going to take place on January 27th. It'll be at 7 p.m. Uh, it'll be on all the social medias and everywhere you can find AEW stuff. Uh, best moment on the mic, breakout star, biggest surprise, biggest beatdown. I think we ran through all of this uh, last week. So uh, you guys check it out. Uh, credit to WrestleZone for this news. Uh, if you haven't heard the discussion about the two sweet hand signal, that's that's been going on. Apparently, WWE has tried to like claim copyright on that, and uh, officially, I think uh, AEW did get the copyright on that. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, Bullet Club's Tamatanga uh, uh, on his podcast said he is not impressed by any of this stuff. Uh, he said that he doesn't care if they trademark that symbol. He says, uh, if you guys think that you did the two sweet herd around the world, F that nonsense. Uh, he says, are you kidding me, man? That is whack anyways. We've done done that, and we've moved on. Uh, basically, he says, uh, I would get the company to cease and, to stiff, cease and desist their bitch asses, but I ain't no snitch. Ain't nobody jealous. The only people they're advertising is themselves, not Bullet Club. You should have known that when they did the whole elite thing. They use Bullet Club as a platform. So that was uh, Tom Tonga's thoughts on the whole thing from the Bullet Club. Never, never filtered. <laughs> There's uh, a bunch of good points, though, man. But, uh, but someone said in the chat, who was it? Um, uh, John Stallman. I'm surprised that Nash hadn't copyrighted that junk. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I mean NWA, why not? it's not about being a snitch. It's about, you know, getting paid for what you, what you created. It's about, you know, well, a lot of people were expecting something with, you know, cause on hard to kill, they all wore bullet club shirts. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I don't know. I was listening to Meltzer's show the other day and he was just like, Hey, what, what are they going to get mad at that they're advertising? their promotion, you know, on the other show. He was like, I'm sure that 
if he walked out and said it was Bullet Club, that would be a different thing. But just wearing a shirt probably doesn't matter that much. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's here's the conversation, I guess. Where in my mind is like, you know, I, no no like negative words towards Tomatonga. He's he's incredible. But when you look at the Bullet Club, they've been around for for a while. A lot of people have come through there. A lot of big names in professional wrestling. A lot of them in WWE now and AEW and different places. But you know, he talks about AEW using the Bullet Club as a platform. Is that what he said when you were quoting him? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But my only pushback to that, and maybe it's just because of the time period where I was actually introduced to the Bullet Club, is was it the Bullet Club that made those guys famous, or did they really? make the bullet club like mainstream more mainstream because i first heard about the bullet club through kenny omega the young bucks when cody eventually you know joined roh and and joined and adam cole like that was you know i know before that aj styles finn balor those guys but like you you know what i mean so i kind of come at it like i get what he's saying but i feel like those guys actually elevated the bullet club so it was almost the other way around in my opinion but i could be totally wrong yeah, I don't know. You know, like I think it started to get popular with uh, with Finn and those guys, but and and then AJ Styles. It became like a I don't know. I don't know what came first there. Like if if it well, was I mean, just, I know I know I was a wrestling fan. I was a, a mainstream wrestling fan. <clears throat> when I say that, I mean I was a WWE fan when all that was going on in Japan and everything, and I might have heard of the bullet club but honestly it wasn't until the young bucks and kenny omega and like that that was when it really became like a a force to be reckoned with i guess in in pro wrestling as a whole but again i could just have my timing off and maybe you guys were all like into it way before that and you know but that that's just my response to that comment well truth be told i don't think i was ever like huge into it or anything like that i never watched new japan back then so i i can't really speak to it i don't know about rob but uh oh i i actually know (laughs) and you're not even you guys aren't even gonna believe me and i hesitate to even mention it here but i was there the day that the bullet club was born and it was not kenny omega 1948 yeah it was not kenny omega true true talk it was not kenny omega it was not the young buck the man who invented the bullet club was none other than the real nature boy paul lee and that is a true story. I was there. I saw it happen. I was in the room. Now, Rob Stinson. Okay. No, I'm just, but we're, we're talking about the wrestling faction, not like – I don't know if you saw what happened club. today, but we're over fake news. None of that's happening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story, man. I mean, if you want to hear about it, I can tell you, but you're just going to laugh. Off, that's, why I didn't want to, that's why I didn't want to say anything. Well, Listen, you know, now you've opened up the can of worms. You, you come on. You might as well tell the story, bro. All right. The origins of the Bullet Club reside in none other than Paul Lee and Luke Gallows. And uh, uh, this happened at in the American Wrestling Federation right here in Ringgold, Georgia. And they had a small little faction. It's not like Luke Gallows is, was a regular feature, but he's a friend of Paul. And he comes in and out from time to time. And they had a small organization for a while called the Gentleman's Club. And uh, they did their thing, and then Luke went off and took the whole concept of the club, whatever that is, off to to Japan and this and that. And it, it eventually, you know, that was the embryonic 
origins of what became the Bullet Club, and that is a true story. I'm fact checking you right now. <laughs> You're not going to find it online. Don't, don't no Google gentlemen. No one else was in the room when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Jedi Warrior said, let's just call a spade a spade. Bullet Club didn't get major mainstream attention in social media light until the elite came around. He's Mark absolutely said, right. Probably back that. Jedi Warriors, absolutely right. It was it was sort of a it was sort of an informal association of kind of like the click. You know, it's kind of like the click. They're buddies, they would call themselves that they would make allusions to it, but it only became a really big deal when, like Jedi Warrior says, when the elite came around. But the, I, I'm telling you, the Bullet Club has, and it may not just be Luke Gallows and Paul Lee, but Paul Lee and Luke Gallows are very much a part of the the origins of it, kind of like the origins of pro wrestling. You've got a multiple strands that feed into this entity that, that, that we know is pro wrestling now, but um, that did happen. And and I know for a fact that it happened. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I, I, I really have no idea about it. So uh, I'm sure that Paulie would appreciate you bringing that to light. Sounds like that would be a good uh, episode for one of our, Dark side of the ring. Uh, upcoming, well, you know, <laughs> episode uh, eight. <laughs> upcoming uh, historical uh, narratives that we're planning on doing. That'd be a fun one. The story of the Bullet Club. <laughs> Rob's version. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, the, I've got a video. I've got a movie that I produced myself called. I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk more MLW. That's that's more interesting. No, go ahead. Tell us about the movie you produced there in your basement. Like, <laughs> you're right, right. I have I have a movie that I produced myself called The Nature Boy Meets Sex Ferguson. And this is back in the day. It's a long, long time ago. And I have it and and I can show you guys, but the only reason that that uh that I haven't released it is because Super Show Productions owns it, and that's Paul Lee's, you know, entity and um you know, and it's, it's his. So, you know, I just helped him edit it on iMovie. <laughs> well, tell him to let's release it on the, uh, the, this is pro wrestling. The world YouTube. ain't ready for it. Bro. The world ain't ready for it. All right. All right. It's inappropriate. That's what he means. <laughs> it's on, uh, uh, this is pro wrestling after dark. <laughs> I was gonna say, would you have to? You think get rights from like Impact? Like you'd get wrangled no, up in legal no. issues with the uh, Con? Not at all. No, I have it, man. I have it right now. It's on this computer that I'm looking at. <laughs> the the original, the original pre-edited copy. I've got it right now. Well, we'll just let you just play it right now for everybody here live. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't think you guys give me share screen capabilities. <laughs> okay. Well. Well, it's because most of the other videos that you tried to show on the live show don't have anything to do with wrestling. Um, <laughs> anyway, we don't, we don't want to get banned from YouTube forever. So. Right, right. We're trying to we're trying to build a brand here, Rob. Uh, Tony Khan. This is not a great lead into this. Tony Khan was a guest this week with Renee Paquette on Oral Sessions, her podcast. And uh, the two begin speaking about the ongoing relationship AEW has with Impact Wrestling. Uh, Cod explained on the show, there was a few nuggets here. Uh, he explained how 
the uh, Kitty, Kitty Omega was responsible for really getting things moving with the Impact relationship. Uh, Paquette asked about his paid ads on Impact and how often we might see him as an on-air character. Khan said he's not going to be the wrestling GM in a traditional sense like we've come to know it. Uh, he, uh, he explained that he has come as close to doing it as he's going to. He noted that he made a big exception in coming out to the ring for the Brody Lee tribute show, adding that it was the right thing to do to express how much Brody meant for the company. I wanted to pay the highest respect to him that I could and his family and be there for him. But other than that, I never come out and done that in that role. Occasionally because of the story with impact a couple of times, it made sense. For example, uh, the young bucks were waiting to be introduced by Don Callis. Brody brought out the good brothers instead and Matt and Nick were standing there right there by the curtain and gorilla with me. And I'm not going to be thrilled about that either. They should have expected this from Kenny by now, but I don't want to be like a regular character. We have a limited amount of TV time and we have a great roster and there's a lot of people that need to be featured. Quite frankly, the character of the general manager doesn't need to be featured on TV a lot. I'm the general manager of a premier league team. You don't see me out there that much. It's, that's not the job of general manager. It's not to be on TV. There's a time and a place. If there's a statement that needs to be made, you do it. But in the case of AEW, it's announcing matches. Uh, basically, that's what he's saying here. He's just not going to be the Vince McMahon character ever, really, with AEW. Uh, he also confirmed that AEW Dynamite on TNT would remain two hours. There, there was a lot of excitement added in January when AEW announced that they assigned a new multi-year deal with TNT uh, that goes through 2023. And at that time, they announced that there will be a second weekly show for Dynamite, too. Uh, currently, there is not a launch date set for that show. He just confirmed that it will not be an additional hour of AEW. They'll just do something different. Um, and uh, he said that Omega was the one who came up with the Impact idea. He asked him to do it. Uh, he said, this was something Kenny brought up, and I thought it was a great idea. I give 100% of the credit to Kenny. Um, he said it had something to do with the relationship between Callis and Omega, noting that uh, Omega has been a very powerful advocate for Callis, who has made appearances in AEW as a manager. Regarding uh, Omega's recent change in character, Khan compared it to Steve Austin's run in 2001 as a heel, saying that Kenny just wanted to present something new. Uh, he asked me about this impact thing. I love good ideas. This was something Kenny brought up. I thought it was cool. Uh, he said he's basically he didn't want to present the same Kenny Omega people are used to seeing. He put so much thought into innovating and changing. And that's why I always say the best wrestlers in the world, Kenny and John Moxley are working for us right now. Um, anyway, so I'm rambling there, but you get the idea. Uh, a lot of stuff that came out about, Tony Khan there on that interview with Renee Paquette. She also invited Chris McMahon for anybody who don't cares, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, a lot of good things in that interview. Obviously, uh, you know the the points about him not being the on screen character. Um, you know, I I could go either way on that, but I think that's definitely the right choice. It's another one of those things that unfortunately. You know, WWE throughout the the years, past you know, a couple of decades, has really soured us on that whole deal. Um, it's kind of like our conversation the other night about DQ finishes. Like those can be very powerful, very useful, very meaningful in a storyline. 
but when you overdo it, you know, you end up ruining it. I feel like that's the same thing that happened with the 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 authority figures. On, I mean, they literally had a faction called the Authority, so they could be on TV. You know, so I mean, I, I'm glad that he's kind of shying away from that. I mean, the skeptical side of me says, "Well, we'll see." This thing's still really young, so there there might get a point where he changes his tune on that. But uh, that, and then also, I, I just love him giving the credit to Kenny for the Impact crossover stuff. I think that's kind of a breath of fresh air in the wrestling world where I feel like everybody's trying to take credit for every good idea, especially if you're in a position like Tony Khan where you're, you know, over this, this shiny new wrestling promotion that has a lot of traction, like for him to pass off the credit for that idea. That's really been the buzz of the wrestling world for the last month. Um, it, it's a pretty cool move. I, I respect him for that. Um, we can move into some WWE news if you guys would like. Uh, and we can always circle back to whatever. Uh, but I didn't know that until today. The under what? Rob rolled his ass. He's going to take a nap. Just take a nap. The Just Undertaker was all Joe Rogan. The Joe Rogan experience, which surprised the hell out of me. Uh, a 164-minute conversation with Joe Rogan and uh, his boy Tony Hinchcliffe. Uh Rogan just tweeted out today, fun times with The Undertaker and my brother, Tony Hinchcliffe. Hinchcliffe. It's available now on Spotify. Taker responded, there are not too many topics we didn't speak about. This was a great talk. And uh, so anyway, the uh, just thought that was kind of cool that The Undertaker is going to be there and apparently unplugged. He's going to talk about whatever with Joe Rogan. So it's interesting. I'm going to check that out. I haven't had a chance yet. I don't know if the chat has, but it seems like it could be a fun interview. I have not. I got to go check that out. Joe Rogan's only on Spotify, right? Is he one yeah, of those Spotify, Spotify exclusive? Yeah. Oh, damn it. All right. <laughs> um, many people have been declaring they're in the Royal Rumble match, including the Good Brothers. Uh, but as it turns out, you can only declare yourself in a match if management says you can. Uh, <laughs> this is the new rule that just came up. Adam Pierce had to go on Twitter to set the record straight today. Because uh, I think it was Brian uh, Gerwich tweeted out, like, what's this with everybody just saying they're in the Royal Rumble? Like, can you just do that? And uh, it's been a thing on Raw where, well, I think we've seen Drew Gulak say he's in the Royal Rumble and Adam Pierce is like, seriously, man, um, I'll give you a match to see if you're in the Royal Rumble. We could do that. And then uh, this week on Raw, who was it? It was a Ricochet. Ricochet wanted to get in the Royal Rumble, but... Adam Pierce said, well, if you beat AJ Styles, that'll take you a long way to getting into the Royal Rumble. Well, today, Adam Pierce came on. Uh, the Good Brothers were on Twitter saying, like, well, with this logic, that we declare for the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so that's probably not going to happen. Adam Pierce came on Twitter and said, uh, it's actually pretty simple. Those that have gra- have been granted the ability to simply declare entry into the Royal Rumble by management, know who they are and are free to do so. Those that have it must qualify. I don't write the rules. I just enforce them. <laughs> and so it just it makes my brain hurt. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like when they when they put in the effort to like try to apply logic to stuff like this, but it's like doesn't make any sense. That's where my head just starts spinning, and I'm like, what are they doing? Like, 
I mean, if, if you're not going to just let people declare, then give it stakes, make it a, make a tournament, make us like, you know what I mean? Like do some kind of way to qualify. I mean, cause this happens every year. People just come out and say, I'm in the Royal rumble. Like, this is not new. It's not like it's a 2021 thing. And this is like the first year they're addressing it and saying, well, no, no, actually we're going to tell you if you can declare. And then if you want to, you can declare. It's like, what? Come on. Like, do better. <laughs> do better than that. I mean, you could use that. That, that there's a there's an opportunity there. Obviously, your you know your top ten contenders and this and that get get an automatic right to declare. But then you do what they did on NXT for the War Games. You know, you you have a match to determine who qualifies to, to be on one of the War Games teams, or and you can mm-hmm. build. You can do this for that's three or four weeks of content right there, man, and it's meaningful. Oh, yeah, that's an excellent point. By the way. Uh, uh, Today, January the 20th, 2002, is the anniversary of the longest Royal Rumble in history, won by Triple H, who eliminated Kurt Angle, I believe, um, in the 2002 Royal Rumble, the longest Royal Rumble in history. Seven days long. That's crazy. Like 69 minutes and 22 seconds. You are such a, just a fountain of wisdom about professional wrestling. I'm glad you're on our team. Hmm. Am I? For now. That's, <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, all right. So the, the only other – well, if you're curious about who uh, was qualified to announce themselves in the Royal Rumble, so far it's been Bobby Lashley, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Otis, The Miz, Jey Uso, Cesaro, and Jeff Hardy. They are the announced 2021 WWE superstars so far. Uh, Ricochet, Drew Gulak, GFY. Um, the, the <laughs> well, we can skip. We can skip. We can skip the next part where I was going to declare that I'm in the Royal Rumble because yeah, I guess no, I can't do that. So we can skip to the next story. <laughs> uh, female superstars are Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Charlotte Flair, Bailey, Bianca Belair, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Peyton Royce, Alexa Bliss. Uh, so that's all for right the second that have been announced formally. Uh, WWE, obviously, if you win the Royal Rumble, you get a challenge for the world championship at at one of their world championships at WrestleMania. Uh, That is going to be at uh, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. And WWE is reportedly planning for 25,000 fans to attend both nights. They're doing it over two nights again. And uh, Stephanie McMahon has revealed uh, that they do insist on having live plans this time that's why they're doing it in florida this year and uh anyway so that that is another thing that's happening great I'm sure we'll have a rant, uh, a wrestlemania party yeah all right let's talk about tag teams uh the women's wwe dusty Rhodes classic was announced get a load of these guys you got Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell versus Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Mood versus Marina Shafir and Zoe Stark. Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm versus Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. And Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Now, you might be asking yourself, you might be saying, self, who are some of these people? I don't know these names. And uh, you'd be right. Like some of these names are brand new names, like Zoe Stark and Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade. 
If you're wondering who they are, you might know them better as Zoe Stark is formerly known as Lacey Ryan, who has signed with the WWE. Gigi Dolan is formerly known as Priscilla Kelly, who has been signed by the WWE. And Cora Jade is formerly known as Elena Black, who has decided to side with the WWE. So there are your tournament brackets right there for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, the women's version that's happening right now. Ryan Ramada already calling Dakota and Raquel all the way. My heart was set on Shotzi and Ember, but I could see that being the finals for sure. We'll see. We'll see, Ryan. I'm a Tony Storm guy, so that's, okay. that's, uh, that's my pick. Yeah. Tony and Mercedes. Guys, why do they have to change these names? That's exactly was just about the same, man. <laughs> Trust me. Why would selfish. you change Priscilla Kelly? Of all people, Priscilla Kelly. Gigi Dolan? What are you Gigi talking about? Dolan. All of them. Priscilla well, I'm Kelly. not trying to knock anybody, but I feel like Priscilla Kelly just has like a very like large imprint in the wrestling community. And, it's, uh, that, and I, like, way. Not, I am in I think it's insulting. I mean, you're talking about Priscilla. Let's look at the let's look at the accolades here, okay? Lacey Ryan, who was in the finals of the Mission Pro tournament, lost the match to La Rosa Negra, but could very easily have been the first Mission Pro champion. Elena Black, who was at the very first Mission Pro show and defeated Rachel Rose. And then, of course, Priscilla Kelly, who gave probably maybe the best match in the history of UWN primetime live so far. Every yeah. single one of these women have a legacy. They have a hard-earned reputation. They deserve respect. And why do you change their name? It's I, I don't understand that at all. I don't. I'm not. I'm, I'm not pleased by it. I'm not entertained by it. I'm not fooled by it. It's silly and it's ridiculous and it's insulting to these hardworking women. Now, congratulations to these women for for getting this shot at NXT. No doubt, take your shot for sure. But for NXT to make them change their names, it's a slap in the face, and I can't stand it. I, listen, I'm not uh, opposed to name changes. I just think that they're always so terrible. Like Gigi Dolan, Zoe Stark, like they sound like like cartoon caricatures of people. Like Priscilla Kelly is a name that, you know, ha has built up respect. You know what I mean? But has, you know, you know who she is. She's got a reputation. She's a great. Uh, wrestler, and I mean, if you're gonna change it, at least make it like similar. I mean, they've done that in the past. You just change, you know, make her Priscilla I mean, like, something else. Like, I, but it's like to totally change it around into like a cartoon character sounding thing. It's just some basic, some basic name like Lance Rage, you know, or <laughs> Lance Fury, or some junk like that. Man, we should. <laughs> we should how about the the chat can weigh in on this? What would the three of us? What would our NXT uh, cartoon names be? That would be a, a fun topic of conversation. Lance Rage. That really does sound like a name they would come up. Lance Fury. Lance Rage. You know, uh, 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 Fury uh, Rage. Uh, you know, I mean, I really, actually, I hate the name Priscilla, so I'm cool. I had a science teacher named Gigi that I was really fond of, so this is cool for me. Um, that's not true. None of that's true. Uh, no, I think it's stupid too. I think, I think if you're coming up through the performance center and you're not like an established commodity, like you're just breaking into the industry, they're 
grooming you from the beginning, then fine. But the world's become smaller. This makes me feel like it's one of those things that like the uh, WWE is uh, behind the times on, especially like if you're if you're Lacey Ryan and you've already but- been busting your ass on the indies, if you're Priscilla Kelly and you've been doing this for forever, and uh, even Elena Black, who I think might be the newest of those, but I'm not 100% sure, but she's already started to establish her name. It's like, dude... The problem is, is WWE thinks they're the only company. They're the only company they pay attention to. They're the only ones they care about. So they like to assume that their fan base doesn't know about any other wrestling company. So those people can't exist. Not only not only is it an insult to those wrestlers, those athletes who earned their name, they earned their reputation, they've worked and labored under those names for years None of those girls just started yet. They didn't just wake up yesterday and decide, hey, we're going to go into wrestling. They've been pursuing this in an industry that is not friendly to women uh, on the outset. It's getting better now, but they had to, they're they're trailblazers and they earn those names. I wish Front Row was in the chat because I know he always talks me off a ledge and he usually has, you know, some reasonable things to say. But it's like, it's like, uh, um, not only is it an insult to, it's an insult to them, but it's an insult to the fans. I think that NXT appeals to a more intelligent fan base than your mainstream WWE products like Raw and SmackDown. The people that watch NXT are people like us, like the people in the chat that really, really care about like prize fighting and history and tradition. This is the, this is the one thing that like triple H has control over. Vince gives them pretty much large sway over it. He loves wrestling. He lo- he respects tradition and history. The fans who are watching NXT know who these women are. They know who Priscilla. Everybody in that that is a regular watcher of NXT knows who Priscilla Kelly is. Why change her name? I do not understand it. It is unfathomable that they could do that, and it's an insult. And they shouldn't. It, I I can't believe they're doing that, man. And 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 this is not this is not a a hit on those women. Again, they earned this shot. If someone came to me and said, Hey, this is an opportunity to be exposed before a national audience. And here's the only thing, Rob, you got to change your name. I'd be like, well, if it's what I got to do to pay the bills and feed my family, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm, I'm pretty sure they didn't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's an insult to them and it's an insult to the fans. Yeah. Ryan Romano pointing out, I mean, Elena black uh, was on AEW already as Elena Black. So it's like she's... Well, that's know, that's part of it, though. It's it's WWE saying who you were before us doesn't exist. You are ours now. And we know how they are with wanting to keep everything and they want to own... You know, they're, they're thinking from a business standpoint, too. So I understand why they do it. It's stupid and it sucks as a fan because it insults our intelligence. But they're sitting there going, okay, well, we want to sell your merch and make all the money. We want to, you know, have get every dime for your your character, and so this is your name now. We've that we own this, blah blah blah, and you know, Ryan Romano even said in the chat, you know, Thunder Rosa is talking about like if she ever went to WWE, she would trademark all her shit before she went over there, like so she would have the rights to like, that. Stuff. Well, what what business sense do you think it makes up? Because I, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like. Well, that's Gary's the thing. It does it, names. He's reading off these names, and I'm like, I don't recognize those names. Now, if I said, if I looked at the Observer tomorrow and said, "Oh my gosh, Priscilla Kelly and Elena Black are in 
NXT, I'm tuning in to see that. That makes yep. all the businesses. Now, think about it. In, but that's Nick, where they're out of touch. Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. If, if Nick Aldis went to NXT, do you think they would try to change his name to back yes, to Magnus or something? And if they would did, what, Magnus. That would be? what an insult that would be to change the name from Nick Aldis, the greatest wrestler in the world right now. They'd probably try to. Because, it, but here's it why: it would it's, be it's, Samuel it's Hollinsworth, not, and he would be part, a, a, a rich guy like Regal started out as. He'd be he'd be William Regal Jr., and they'd try to say it was his son. That's what they would do. The, it's 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 partly business. Well, how it's how is it business? But how does it serve? Listen, to, listen I, I'm, let me finish. It's partly business, but it's mostly possessive. So they want to own that thing, and they know. That and this is all ego. This is all me speculating. I don't know. I don't know Vince McMahon. I don't hang out with him. But just from what we've seen and the patterns and stuff like that, it's that okay. If you introduce Priscilla Kelly, and there's an archive of her in other promotions, right? So if you go looking for her, you're going to find all these other promotions, and I, they feel threatened by that for some reason. Like they want to create something that's their own and and do it i don't think it's right i'm just trying to rationalize why they would make such careless decisions when it comes to name recognition and being able to bring someone in and have that clout that they've spent years building up it just doesn't make any sense the only way that i can rationalize it is what i just said that they just want to own it for some reason like merch sales they don't want you seeing them in other promotions. They don't want you to go watch Priscilla Kelly versus Thunder Rosa. They don't want you to go see Elena Black on AEW Dark. So they're trying to like erase, you know, that from our memory. But we're not idiots. You know what I mean? So we we know we see through it. And it's it, that's where it becomes insulting. Well, it's like it feels like that way, even with with, you know, Luke Harper leaving to become Brody Lee. You know, it was like. That's about the only time that their arm is twisted enough that they're like, okay, we can't just pretend like this guy doesn't exist. Let's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give him his name back for the segment on, you know, the, the screen, like the one thing we throw up in memory of or whatever. And yeah. I, I don't know, Rob, I mean, it, here we are. And, you know, we're talking about uh, insurance and uh, being treated like employees, you're like a business is a business. They do what they do. Well, we're also in the we're also in the Me Too age, and I don't know how more personal you can get than to than to assault somebody in inappropriate ways and to strip their very identity. You know, when you say you can come here, but you can't come here under the name. The name you have is not going to be welcome here. I've got to put my my brand on you. That's a personal thing. And I think it's very – my friend Lex Lee, one of the greatest independent tag team wrestlers, ask Sandoval. He's seen him. This is one of the hardest working men. I've seen this guy grow up from, from just from being a referee to being one of the most talented independent talents in the Southeast. He's going everywhere winning ta- – and he appeared on WWE, but not under his name. They called him Gary Graham. Look it up. Gary <laughs> Graham is what he appeared as. They would not I let like him appear – what a stupid wrong with the name nerdy name. But his name is Lex Lee. That's the that's his that's the name that he, he was born under. That's the name that he identifies with. That's the name that he's branded. And they said, Oh yeah, you got a spot, but not under your name. And I think that's I mean, I think I'm not saying it's as bad as some of the things are being being talked about with the Me Too movement, but it's similar. We're talking about 
an assault on somebody's person. I mean, their identity is being stripped and taken away. And I'm sure I, I guarantee you women like Priscilla Kelly, Elena black are not saying, Oh yay, That's great. I hate that name anyway. You know, they're, they're forced to do that in order to make this. Well, well, so, so let me ask you this, Rob. I mean, just since we're, we're talking about this, I mean, where does that make you land on? And this is me just legitimately asking, uh, as far as like say uh, Selena Vega and her Twitch account, you know, and she can't be anything but Selena Vega. Like that's her name on WWE. That's her identity now that the public knows her by. But WWE says, well, you can't use that. You can't be Selena Vega. So she could go on there, maybe potentially. They would try to own her. I still, I think, but she could go on there under her regular name but she wouldn't be Selena Vega, the person that her whole career is built on. I mean, does this change your perspective on this stuff at all? Like, well, I, I, I believe, I believe that, that uh, persons acting as independent contract, you know, uh, contractors have rights and that entities have rights as well. But we're getting into fundamentals and I'm not saying that this is like illegal. I'm not saying it's illegal, there are a lot of things that are legal and constitutional and all that, that I find reprehensible, you know, but in this case, I think, I think that stripping a person's identity and saying, Hey, if you're going to be part of our company, we're going to limit your interaction with third, third parties is, is two different matters. I think it's apples and oranges. So, you know, we're, we have different debates and we can have the debate about third parties and, and whatnot and, and whether it's valid as a, as a, as a proscription for being a, a member of this particular brand. But I think that's a whole different thing from saying, Hey, I'm coming, you're coming in here and I'm going to strip your identity from you. Everything that you've worked for, I'm going to take away. Now, granted, you don't have to come in under those terms. And I don't think that anything that the WWE did in those terms is like illegal or unethical technically, but it's in very, very poor taste for, for these hardworking women who have earned these names. And re- Go ahead, Will. Let me ask you this though, because the, here's, here's an alternative, uh, you know, um, situation that may have actually happened. Priscilla Kelly comes in and they're like, Hey, we're going to hire you. You have a choice. We're going to trademark your name and we're going to own Priscilla Kelly, which is her real name. And so merch sales, all that kind of stuff, or you can let us change your name. And so maybe it was her decision to say, no, I don't want to sell the rights to my name. I don't want to get in a Cody Rhodes situation. So she says no. And they say, okay, you're Gigi Dolan. Like that could have happened too. Same thing for, for Lacey Ryan. Um, and Paladin, I don't find the constitution reprehensible by the way. I mean, I find free speech to be a fundamental right, but there's lots of speech out there that's freely spoken that I find reprehensible. So it's not the constitution I have a problem with, but uh, uh, to your point. So w- there, there are other things that you have to delve into there. Will like in third party agreements, does Priscilla Kelly as a, employee of NXT still have a right to function and operate and, and make money as Priscilla Kelly. Right. Can she still do that as a third party? Because then that's by definition, a third party, right? Mm-hmm. So th- there, there are other, and again, this is not a legality or an ethical issue. This is a taste issue. So I do not like it at all. I think it's, I, th- I think it's bad. I think it's insulting, but we're not talking about criminality here. I mean, I think in, we're just talking about poor taste. We're talking it's about just taste. Poor taste. Well, I mean, it, like Will, Will said earlier, is I mean, you're you are talking about a company that like was holding Cody Rhodes hostage. Like, like you couldn't beat Cody Rhodes. 
Like, right, it, right. That name. Like, we own that name now. And, uh, and in a free country, just, man, in a free country, you have a right to do things that I personally find reprehensible, you know, and that's 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 part of it. I was a you know, uniformed soldier fighting for the right to defend your right in, in a free country. You don't have the right to be unoffended. You have the right to be offended with regularity. And this offends me, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, um, it's it's just weird because I don't know. Like, I also feel like it's it's also odd that I think those those people can't really take on like acting roles and stuff like that as you know without it being pushed through the WWE. But they're not full time employees. They're uh, you know they're just independent contractors. But and I don't want to rain on their parade, man. I, I think that probably right now Elena Black, Priscilla Kelly, and Lacey Ryan are thrilled at this opportunity. You know, and they probably, you know, they probably had some reservations about the name change, but they're thrilled and I congratulate them. They deserve this. They deserve all that they get. Uh, oh, they've but, earned the spot. They're they're excellent wrestlers. Yes. It's just, it's just that I, I, I'm with Will. I mean, I'm with both of you, it sounds like. I mean, we're all together on this, but uh, not to, to jump on what you're saying, but that it just seems like they're out of touch. I guess that's the only way to put it. Like Will keeps saying is they just don't get it. Like, why would you not want Priscilla Kelly to be Priscilla Kelly? They're, they're expecting nobody to know the difference and the world's too connected. Now I feel like that's so far beyond, you know, like back in the day where if you started out wrestling in California and you moved over to South Carolina, sure. Just change up the gimmick and you could be a new guy and run the same programs you did over in the other place and nobody know but that's not the way of the world right now and right. it seems like to me you would want the uh the weight of having a name like priscilla kelly backing her up coming into your promotion like what you talked about rob where it's yeah. like damn they signed priscilla kelly that's cool let's see what she does at nxt now how about like introducing lacey ryan as she was in the finals of the mission pro women's championship you know i mean this is a one this is you know she she beat the names that she beat to get there you know and 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 to lose it to la rosa negra in such a close contest i remember it's like the the, the wwe doesn't learn man i remember i don't you guys are probably too young to remember this and i don't want to age myself but when uh carrie von eric went to um the wwe he was advertised as the texas tornado they didn't well, call mm -hmm. him von eric, and there was a backlash at least in the South where I'm from, there was a backlash about that. Like there, so. I remember distinctively people saying they're not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being called the Texas tornado. Now, eventually I think they started calling him Kerry Von Eric, but initially yeah. it was like the Texas tornado is like, we don't know that this is a former NWA world champion. The, 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 one of the mainstays of the great Von Eric dynasty and world-class championship wrestling. Like, who are you? Do you think you're fooling? And that was a time when the world wasn't smart, when kayfabe was a real thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, it's, it's just crazy. They just don't learn. And it's, I think you nailed it. Will they don't, they're, they're so, they're so uninformed and so like, uh, just numb and ignorant to the pulses out there. They could be so much better. They could be so much better. You know, if they just said, we're bringing in these great talents. And now it's like AEW, you know, so-and-so is now all elite. Elena Black is now NXT. Priscilla Kelly is now NXT. Lacey Ryan is now NXT. There's nothing wrong with that. It's Treat them like they're actual athletes in a real sport. Like what you would do if 
you know, LeBron James just suddenly signed again with the Cleveland Cavs or whoever, you know what I mean? You would announce that shit and you would say it's LeBron James because yeah. he's awesome. And like, yeah, anyway. You just yeah. debut him as you just debut him as Jeremy basketball. Levant, <laughs> <laughs> Levant James, you know, and just, yeah. <laughs> like, Le, like if the XFL started back up, would Vince McMahon legitimately take somebody like, I don't know, Tom Brady signs with the XFL. He like leaves the NFL and he goes to the XFL. Would they legitimately be like, this is Bill Teddy. And he's quarterback one of our teams. No, it, it, it would be more, it'd be more cartoony. It would be like, like, you know, Billy football, Billy, Billy touchdown. <laughs> Just something stupid. Yeah. But, I mean, you think that you mentioned she, like John strong arm. <laughs> the more I think about this, like the more enraged I get, man. Cause I'm thinking like, you know, Nick Allison, I pray that he never leaves the NWA. I pray he's champion for 3,000 more days, and, and God willing, he will be. But if he were to get that shot at that big, big money, they would most definitely look at him and, and you know, they probably would ch- try to change his name. They yep. probably would. They would. Like, they don't care. They don't that care the greatest wrestler in the right world. And I'm All getting mad at something over some, something that ain't even happened, man. Y'all making me mad at something that ain't even happening. But you're educated enough to know that it would happen. Yeah. So because all they right to be angry is they'd be like, "Oh, hey, here's a six five, six six. I don't know. Sorry, Nick. Uh, whatever. Tall guy with a good build, looks great. Let's use him, and uh, we'll call him. Uh, they'd be like, uh, "Oh, Bill Loomis. He's Dexter Loomis's brother." And they'd be like, "Oh, you're." You're British. Uh, uh, Ringo McCartney is your name. <laughs> like, oh, oh. You call him uh, uh, General Benedict Cornwallis <laughs> or some junk like that <laughs> or some, some stuff like that, man. You know, <laughs> he'd be a red coat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Jimmy uh, Redcoat. I like it. Uh, Jimmy. <laughs> Big Jimmy Redcoat. <laughs> Somebody took out Dexter Loomis. Who could it be? We just signed on Jonathan Holmes to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Detective. He's a British detective. Uh, Well, listen, this is, and and, and I know know we're running up against time, but this is such an interesting conversation cut because I do think there are some name changes that have been improvements. Now, I don't know if it was people that had quite the clout of the ladies that we're talking about in this discussion, but I mean, you know, you look at a Finn Balor, which is a pretty badass name compared to Fergal Devitt or Prince Devitt, you know. Which, that's which, a name that works better over here than Fergal Devitt. It really That's does. what I'm saying. And then, I mean, you've got the, you know, throughout the 90s and, and 2000s, I mean, you've got guys that came over I me, mean, Razor Ramon to Scott Hall, um, which was, you know, a, a <laughs> you know him now more as Scott Hall just because of his time in, in the NWO, but, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, and a lot of those were for legal reasons, right? I mean, obviously WWF owned Razor Ramon, so he couldn't just come over and be Razor Ramon. I get that. But when you're talking about these ladies who have been on the independent circuit, you know, nobody owns that name. So yeah. Why would you not want to build on the reputation that they've you know, built for themselves. And even if you can't own the name and own the trademark and the rights and all that, to your point, Rob, isn't it a better business decision to 
cash in on the popularity that these ladies have already gained on the independent circuit and yeah. have them debut and bring that whole audience. Those name yeah, absolutely, man. And you think like, like with Rachel Ramon and Scott Hall, you even have like a, you know, those, those are like, you have character transformations that occur where they're actually taking right. on new personas and stuff like that. And, and some of that's okay. And I'm not as a, as a, as you know, as a perfunctory, like, premise i don't think that name changes in and of themselves are bad they can serve a purpose and sometimes um the the talent is behind that but in this case it's like you know you have you got women that probably aren't big enough on the mainstream stage to 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 be able to like be interested in a character change and they don't that the i the names seem like innocuous enough to where we're not assuming new personas altogether and these are women that for for intelligent fans are highly respected though they might not have like smackdown raw mainstream you know uh you know every living room knowledge and all that stuff but they they but intelligent wrestling fans every person in our chat right now knows these women they know them every single person in our chat right now has watched these women they all know them by their name and the heart and the accolades that they've earned, the hard work that they've put in, the time that they've served, they should be able to come in under their name. And it's and it's worth the I mean, the WWE could they're missing out on an opportunity. Are they violating the Constitution? No, are they breaking the law? No, is it unethical? No. Do they have the right to? Yes, they do. Is it in good taste? No, it's not. It's in very, very poor taste and it's an insult. Yeah, it's just disappointing because when you live in a world where uh you're you're trying to build characters you know and you, you see like you're obviously try, trying to create a new story for each person you know like uh sam shaw who obviously has his own history and uh working for uh tried and true pro wrestling as a heavyweight champion there and all of that stuff that he comes into nxt's dexter lumis so finally tried and true is smaller in the scheme of things i'm sure than than any of these other companies we're talking about right now but it's like with Nick Aldis, like, why would you just not already incorporate it again? Like Rob said, we're, we're talking about something that hasn't actually happened again, just pretending, just getting we're pissed so, off. Like, we're, we're so mad about it. We're so, we're mad, so mad about, about how they I, know, man, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they did that. Oh, why would you not mention he's the former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion? Why would you not use that? He's Ego. He held that thing for over 800 days. Why would you not bring Essentially, they have done it. They have done that with Adam Pierce. They've done it. If yeah. they done it with him, they would certainly do it with this one. Adam Pierce is one of the great NBA champions of all time. No mention of it. Or did they mention it? Have they I don't, mentioned I don't, it? I don't know that they ever mentioned it. No, they, they, posted, they posted photos on social media of him with the title, but okay. Or they might have retweeted him. I don't. I don't think they actively made any effort to point out that he was, you know, a great. If I were, if I were Vince or Triple H, I'd get on the phone with Billy Corgan right now. I'd say, "Hey, hey, look, my man, I'm gonna slap you a couple mil. It ain't no big deal. Do you mind us saying that we're putting at Adam Pierce, one of your great champions of all time, in this match? We're gonna. It's good for you. It's good for us. Are you cool with it? That's what I would do." Maybe, maybe that's why we're not millionaires. It's true. Because you know, maybe nobody that's a millionaire actually says, hey, man, I'm going to slap you a couple mil. <laughs> 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 just make this thing happen. 
Let's just make, do it. Let's make this. Billy Corgan, Billy Corgan, you're now called William Pumpkin. <laughs> I just now I'm just going down the rabbit hole of renaming people their cartoon names. So oh my god. Well, uh tonight on uh NXT, you've got uh the 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 thing continues, the thing continues on NXT. <laughs> now I'm just getting silly. I'm sorry. Uh I don't remember. I lost the uh the NXT preview. So I apologize. I don't know what the hell I did with it. Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado. Uh, they're taking on somebody. And yeah, the big match tonight on NXT is that Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Thatcher are taking on each other in that fight pit thing, which sounds kind of cool. I'm interested to see what, what that is. That's the draw for NXT tonight. But really what people care about now because we're just pissed off at WWE uh, <laughs> is AEW Dynamite. Uh, Peter Avalon is taking on Cody Rhodes. Peter Avalon, who, by the way, whose name has been Peter Avalon, and he's been from the United Wrestling Network. He's been the Arizona State Champion. He's been uh, the uh, Hollywood Heritage Champion, and his name was Peter Avalon during all of that. And pretty Peter Avalon, no less, which is his name now on AEW, even though they tried to bring him in as the librarian. They have finally moved him back to pretty Peter Avalon. And uh, he's taking on Cody Rhodes. Penelope Ford taking on Layla Hirsch. Chris Jericho and MJF are taking on Santana and Ortiz and Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager uh, to find out who is the official tag team of the Inner Circle. Did anybody else like I, I got the joke when Jericho made it last week where he's where Sammy's like, well, I'm taking Jake and we're going to be a tag team and we're going to be the best tag team in the inner circle. Sammy and Hager. And Jericho's like, Sammy Hager. <laughs> really? <laughs> and he's like, what? What? And he's like, never mind. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so that's that's an old person joke. For you kids yeah. at home, uh, Sammy. I'm sure, I'm sure our crowd <laughs> understands that. We uh, we are all mature here. Hangman Page, Colt Cabana, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds versus the Hybrid Two and Chaos Project. The Hybrid Two have grown on me. I'm starting to like them. I'm starting to like that stupid freaking dance uh, <laughs> they do when they come in. And uh, Page will be answering if he's joining the Dark Order. And in the last week, I have determined. I want Hangman Page to just join the Dark Order. Like, I just want him to. Yeah. And uh, I just think it'd be fun. And they'll be like his, you know, like he could be like a dark cowboy group or something, maybe. The Dark Order will just be like his band of Memphis, myth, misfits, Memphis. like magnificent. Memphis. The, River Bottom <laughs> Nightmare, the River Bottom Nightmare Band. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> It'll be like the Magnificent Crevin. <laughs> roll into town and take care of business. River Bottom Nightmare Revival. There you go. <laughs> Top Flight and Matt Seidel are taking on Matt Hardy and Pir Private Party. Miro is giving an update on the new on his new butler, Chuck Taylor. John Moxley's in action. Means he's going to be whipping somebody's ass because they didn't announce anything. Sting 
is uh, going to have a moment with AEW. It says Sting to congratulate AEW TNT champion Darby Allen and AEW world champion Kitty Omega is going to reflect on his dominance. So that's mm. all coming up here. If you got a second, I'll show you this because I, I went out of the way that I did want to say the AEW has been really great about these things. And I want to give them props for it. So we'll mention it for just a, a, a second, if I could. Um, yeah, one minute before they. All right, one here. minute. Here's the tag team rankings. If there's anything that stands out, please say so now. Uh, well, I mean, if you're zero and zero, I'm not sure. That's weird. Yeah, they're not. Oh, wait. So they're giving their singles overall person. But then the tag team, well, the Young Bucks have not participated as singles, I suppose. You see what I'm saying? They haven't fought in 2021. This is their 2021 record. I guess this is where they landed at the end of 2020. And this is so far. Look, look, look like the, uh, look at the uh, Jurassic Express right up here at number. Oh, they're going overall. They're looking at overall. Juggle Boy is 33, 22, and 1. Luchasaurus is 35 and 13. This is but just as a tag team point. in 2021, they are 1 and 0. Okay. Dark well, Order's undefeated or not, not had a match yet. Evil Uno <laughs> and Stu Grace, is, but Evil Uno is 23 and 9. Stu Grace is 25 and 7. Well, I don't think that you entered, you know, like January the 1st came and it was like a vacuum. You're going to presuppose some of the stuff from 2020 uh, coming into this. And we've only got 20 days into this to build up a win-loss record. So these 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 rankings obviously presuppose 2020. Um, and I don't find that problematic. I mean, you know, FDR has only been in one match in 2021. But, but they, you know, even though the acclaimed have been in two matches – you're not going to tell me in any way, shape, or form that they earn the right to be the number one contender, you know, I mean, or the number one ranked team after the resume that FTR built in 2020. Did you well, see? Saying, you- I think it's just misleading that they're showing the 2021 record. Like, you know what I mean? Did either yeah, of you guys, uh, I don't want to go down a whole other rabbit hole here, but did you either of you guys watch Ring of Honor this week yet? I have not watched it yet. Oh my God! You gotta, so you gotta check out this one thing. This is this is connected. So what they did mm-hmm. was they have officially announced that in Ring of Honor, if you are going for a singles title, like they have said this, it's like Flip Gordon was in the Pure tournament, right? I'm gonna give you a little spoiler for Ring of Honor. So Flip Gordon is in the Pure rankings. And he's competing and working his way up. Or he's still in like number three, although he lost to Jonathan Gresham at uh, their last show. And Flip takes on Rhett Titus, who is ranked number five. And they're trying to work that out. Well, Flip ends up winning. But during the match, he punches Rhett Titus in the face. He also doesn't shake his hand before and after. Or he does shake it after, like when Rhett's like down on the mat. Uh, flip. So, so okay. So what I'm trying to say is they announce in the middle of the show, not unlike MLW, I know I'm like messing with your brains here, but not unlike MLW, they've started doing rankings on the shows. They show you who's in the rankings for 
the TV title, the pure title, the tag team titles, and the heavyweight title. And if you are a singles competitor, you can only be in the rankings for one of them. And the company, based on wins and losses, strength of schedule, like who you fought, who you've beaten or whatever, they decide where to put you. You can choose to try to move to a different ranking system and you can submit a petition to do so, but that's when they'll consider it. So if you're in the TV championship rankings, they'll, they've got them, but you're only in the TV championship rankings. You can also be in a tag team or six man tag team rankings, but you can't go into another singles rankings. And so flip Gordon he gets in trouble and gets suspended from the pure rankings because he refuses to do the handshake. He punches and they just ROH management decides that you're not being respectful of the pure rules. So you are suspended from the pure tournament. So he, his storyline right now is he's going to petition for the TV or the world title. And so he's moving to one of those. And, uh, Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. It's like a really weird thing. They're taking this thing even like a step further than it seems like AEW is. Like they're going into some, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on that. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, I mean, that's, that's cool. I like that. I like when things are like specific and there's actually rules that they're trying, at least trying to make them make sense. So I have it. I, I need to watch it to get the full, you know, yeah, I probably, you know, as we've been sitting here and I've been sipping whiskey and like talking to you guys, I know I'm probably like, oh, and, um, but, I got, I got one eye on, on dynamite over here. So I'm trying to, I was like half listening. All right. I think the pure concept is one of the best things going. And I think this is paving the way for the, for the uh, foundation to be one of the great hill factions um, in wrestling. Currently we're not there yet, but I, my prediction is that it's going to happen. They're you, going you to be the uh, the morality police. Well, you get it with uh, Ring of Honor uh, this week. Rhett Titus talking about it. He's he's pissed yeah. off that like Flip Gordon during their match didn't shake hands with Jonathan Gresham. He's like, you're gonna shake my hand, or I'm gonna beat the respect into you that you were, you shake my yeah. hand. And uh, he's like, this is what we're built on. He's like, even people that hate each other shake each other's hands in the middle of this ring. And then we wrestle and we find out who the better man is and blah, blah, blah. And so they've got a really good build up to it. And it's just, and by the end, like I said, I mean, they take the pure segment of the show very seriously. And it's like, if you're not going to compete based on these rules, you got to, you got to figure something else out. And I like the rules. I mean, I think in principle, that's kind of part of prize fighting. I mean, you see it like when, uh, when Nick Aldis is wrestling Jason Stripe, and we, I wish we'd have gotten to that tonight, but uh, um, uh, how they always, how every time Nick Aldis wrestles, the, the referee is in the middle giving out instructions, like verbal instructions. Do you understand? Do you understand? And it's like, it's a it's a throwback to the to 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 prize fighting is what it is. But uh, the foundation are are fanatics about it, and they're being, and it's almost like. And and maybe it's reflective of like some of the trends going on in the broader culture and all that. It's almost like when you hear them talk, when you when they cut their promos, there's a dark overtone. There's almost a fascism about it, where uh, you know they're going to drown 
the opposition and suffocate people under the under the jot and tittle of the law. They're being Pharisees, in other words. And um, I think it has the makings of a great heel faction. And I think that's what's going to come to pass. And I think we, I think like, like you're saying here, we already see that starting to materialize. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, we know you guys have uh, AEW Dynamite to jump to. And, of course, NXT is on as well. We hope you guys have a good Wednesday or a good wrestling Wednesday. And uh, we'll see you back here on Sunday night when we hang out once again. Of course, we're always available on all of the social medias at Hey, It's Will, at This Is Dr. Stinson, at This Is Gary Hornet. And the show is at TIPW Show. Thank you, everybody, who did hang out with this. Dr. Red, Rock says Jedi, Willie, Robert Stinson, whoever that guy is, Mongrovian Mike. Uh, yeah, all of you. Paladin, thanks for showing up, buddy. And uh, just thanks again. 90s Wrestling Podcast, good to see you. You guys take care. And uh, until next time, 